Forward by Eve The literature on polyamory has come a long way since the ethical slut and polyamory, the new love without limits, were first published in 1997. Both books broke new ground and offered a new identity and community for non-monogamous people who had previously struggled in isolation. But these books were written from the perspectives of specific subcultures, and they didn't, couldn't deal with the full range of issues confronted by the newly polyamorous. Options began to proliferate in the late 2000s with books like Opening Up and many lesser-known titles. These offered a wider range of practical advice. But as the title Opening Up suggests, this wave of poly practice presumed the centrality of a primary couple and popularized a hierarchical model in which primary partners were to have rights and safety that secondary or casual partners were not granted to the same degree. Early polyamorous media representation through shows like Polyamorous, Married and Dating, fiercely reinforced this view. This was the kind of polyamory I was introduced to when I first began exploring in the early 2000s. The hierarchical relationship structures that were the norm in the online circles I frequented and nearly all media representation of polyamory kept some of the feeling of security offered by monogamy by protecting attachment needs and often masking potential attachment disruptions for those who were in so-called primary relationships. At the same time, they did a dismal job of honoring the attachment needs of partners who were considered secondary. Those outside a primary usually presumed to be nesting couple whose bond was presumed to be more valid or worthy of protection than the others opened up to. But some people were making noise. In 2003, the publication of a proposed secondary spill of rights caused a stir in online polyamorous circles and provided secondary partners with an important tool to advocate for their needs. Andy Nordgren published a short instructional manifesto for relationship anarchy in 2006, questioning the need for relational hierarchies. And by the early 2010s, an increasing number of popular bloggers many building in Nordgren's work were pushing for recognition of a wider range of relationship styles and in particular of the needs of secondary partners. Then in 2014, my co-author and I published more than two attempting to distill the last decade's worth of debate into an instructional manual that promised a non-hierarchical, more egalitarian way of thinking 
about polyamorous relationships. When more than two encouraged polyamorous people to sweep away the external supporting structures of both monogamy and polyamorous hierarchy, though what it offered in exchange fell short, it placed the onus of building security almost entirely on the individual who felt secure, rather felt insecure. Despite the many people who were helped by the book, this inappropriate focus caused harm, and over time I grew to understand there was something missing in our framework. I just didn't have the words for what. It was Nora's blog where in 2016 she proposed that the opposite of rape culture is nurturance culture. That began to help me find words for what had been missing from more than two. I reached out to her on Twitter to talk about our work. Nava. When Eve first said hello in summer 2016, we were both living in East Vancouver. My essay, quote, The Opposite of Rape Culture is Nurturance Culture, unquote, had gone viral earlier that year, and Eve reached out to talk shop. Meeting over ice drinks at a little East Van cafe, we tossed around the idea of a collaboration combining attachment theory and ethical polyamory. We also quickly realized that we were neighbors who lived across the street from one another. Over the next months, we did what neighbors do. She invited me over to pick figs at her house, and I dropped off some of the fig jam. We went for the occasional walk, debating ethics and politics. I sometimes fed the cat. Life went on as it does, and the idea moved to the back burner as they do. It was three years later when Eve sent me a link to a talk by Jessica Fern with a note. Fern is doing what we talked about. I watched fascinated as Fern firmly drew connections between attachment theory and ethical polyamory with grace, style, and wit. Fern's intervention is a groundbreaking development in the traje trajectory of writing about ethical polyamory and relationships. The tools provided here will be helpful for those who are practicing ethical polyamory. They will also help those who are non who are monogamous who also navigate dating, communicating needs, and making decisions about commitment. PolySecure expands on the existing literature in a significant, perhaps even paradigm-shifting way. Fern is uniquely qualified to write this book. She is a psychotherapist who is, a, who is non-monogamous and works with non-monogamous people and families. She holds a master's in conflict analysis and resolution. Her insights come out of both professional training and extensive hands-on experience working with clients as a therapist. She has also experienced trauma along with the non-linear 
healing journey that follows. In a sense, Fern's book picks up where more than two have left off. Dubbed by many of its readers a sort of poly bible, more than two is one of the most popular and widely read polyamory guidebooks, and it remains relevant and useful today. Published by Thorn Tree Press in 2014, more than two moved the conversation along and changed the way many people think about and organize their relationships. But as Eve has reflected elsewhere, with all of its strengths, more than two also has drawbacks as any book will. As I've come to expect of Eve, when confronted with new insights and information, she is willing, even eager, to look back over her own work and grow in ethics and analysis. This commitment to try, assess, seek out new insight and challenge and change one's thinking is a professional practice I greatly respect. As publisher at Thorn Tree Press, Eve has helped bring this book out into the public conversation and it promises to be path-breaking. In PolySecure, Jessica Fern has again moved the conversation forward. Although we cannot know for certain how a book will translate when it encounters in the cultural context that receives it, my sense is that this book will increase the availability of tools for navigating needs, desires, and commitments for those who want secure bonds. It will also offer vocabulary to aid in the transparency for those who do not. When done well, these conversations may help readers enjoy the possibilities and fulfill the responsibilities of fully informed consent. As Fern so beautifully illustrates in those pages, true security builds in an interwoven way. It can be cultivated within, yes, but it grows in and through the bonds we share with others, in relationships, in communities, and in the larger cultural fabric to which we belong. The collaboration we discussed that summer, day, over coffee is no longer needed. This book has stepped into the gap and filled it with rigor and care. I hope that readers will find it as calming and as compelling as I did when I first read the manuscript.